Welcome to the Life Unhyped podcast, where we talk about all of the wins, but more importantly, the losses that shape us during our most vulnerable moments. We keep it real, uncut, and direct for the fans. I am your host, Andrew Manley. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Life Unhyped. Today, I got a special guest who is straight from Florida. Brandon Enthusiast, that's what he goes by on Instagram. And actually, Brandon, um, I've uh, seen in multiple different places throughout the U.S. And uh, Brandon is an enthusiast in the car world. And um, just, he's got an interesting story because when I met Brandon, um, just randomly, I would I would see him in different parts of the, the country. And, and one day, you know, we just got talking. And I realized that... Um, uh, he's a young um, car lover that um, spends his time just um, just kind of, you know, traveling and trying to immerse himself within the car culture. So um, last time I saw Brandon, we were in Chicago, which was a few weeks ago. And uh, he told me that he was coming out to California, that he was going to spend some time um, doing some car stuff. And um, when I actually asked him who he was coming with, he said he was going to come by himself. So... Uh, I thought that was a really interesting story. So, um, you know, when he got here, he had texted me and uh, that kind of led to uh, this whole weekend and and all the adventures that uh, came with that. So uh, without further ado, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I know you. uh, Is this your first podcast? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brandon is like super shy right now. But, uh, you know, let's um, the reason why I wanted you on the show is because. Uh, I think travel and travel culture is really um, becoming, I don't know, it's something that I think Americans just don't do really well. I think that it's starting to become a thing with social media. People want to kind of show off, you know, places that they're going and stuff. But I think like pre-social media, I remember me and my wife were traveling like way back in the day. Uh, We went to Europe in 2008. And, you know, when we, we did a, three-week vacation in Europe and we noticed that a majority of people on the bus that we were on were Australian. So they get like mandatory um, vacation time. That's cool. And in the United States, I think most people will maybe get, I don't know, two to four weeks off, I think, in a year. Yeah. Yeah. And so in Europe, they they get a lot more time in regards to a vacation. Like the government wants you to vacation. So there's a lot of Australians. And so uh, when we traveled, we try to tell people to travel. But in America, people kind of, it's not really a priority for them until they get old. And I think that's kind of really a shame. So I agree. uh, A lot of people like to stay where they're. Stay where they're at, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, let's kind of back it up a little bit. When I first saw you, I think I might have. Did we see each other in Miami or? Um, Yeah, it was Miami. Okay. We might have just ran into each other maybe shortly. Um. Yeah, your uh, son was playing the simulator, and I was standing there watching him. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I think uh, you know we were in Miami for DRT, which is a um, a car show over there called Das Rentreffen, and that's that's kind of their biggest uh, air cooled and Porsche show. And I think that's where I met Brandon just briefly. Yeah. And um, I think we probably had exchanged some words online through uh, social media. Yep. Yeah, but I think somewhere along the line, I think. Um, as I started to see your Instagram handle a little bit more, I don't know. Do we 
meet anywhere else beside that? I think, um, I don't know if you came to California and I saw you or... At Luft? At Luft, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, okay. So Luft Cult was, um, that was back in May, I May. believe. Yeah. yeah, so you were down here, okay, for that. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chicago comes by and I see you in Chicago and all of a sudden, like, yo, you know, Brandon's out here, you know, just traveling, you know, and he's yep. going where I'm going. And um, so I had asked him about that and he was like, yo, um, no, I'm just, I just love cars and, you know, <laughs> paying for it. So I thought that was really cool. And so I want to kind of maybe get a, uh, a little, you know, background on just, you know, how you became that way and, you know, why you travel and do all the things that you do and why it's important for you to travel because I want other young people. I think, well, nowadays I feel like maybe millennials are a little bit more uh, wanting to travel versus people my age that are a little bit, a little bit more hesitant to tra travel. Yeah, and more so, millennials are traveling now. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe that. And I, I believe the whole, um, you know, you guys are kind of chasing experiences and instead of, um, you know, properties and stuff. And I think that's uh, is a huge thing. So, so yeah, let's, let's, let's talk off, you know, let's start off with you talking about, um, you know, um, maybe obviously we know you love cars, but maybe you can talk about how your upbringing with cars and maybe traveling kind of maybe intertwined. So, um, well, I don't really know how I got into cars as a kid. Sure. But do you just, remember the first car you fell in love with? I think it was an Aston Martin. Okay. Yeah. I liked Aston Martins and then BMWs. A Ford Thunderbird for some reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what kind of Thunderbird? I don't know. I just like, I think 60s. Okay, so the old one. Yeah, Got it. very old. And then, I don't know, I just, as I grew up, I just liked cars. Right. And then I think 2012, 2013 is when I would, um, I would see Porsches. And I would take pictures of them all the time. Right. And that's around the same time I started building my uh, 240SX. But any Porsche I saw, I just took pictures of them. But I never thought I could atta attain a Porsche, so I didn't really dig deep into them until recently. Okay, so um, let's talk about that. How, I mean, you're 26 now. Yeah. All right, so you said you started falling in love with them when you were 12, so that was about 14 years ago. Oh, 2012. 12, right? 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay, got it. So that was uh, what are we looking at? Uh, seven, seven years ago. Yeah. Okay. And how did that happen? Like, like how do you think you fell in love with Porsches at the time, or just cars in general? I think just the way they looked. I was like, oh, that looks like a cool car. Sure. Looks was there nice. any particular video or photo or anything that just kind of caught your eye? Not that I remember. Okay. So it's just something about them. Just naturally, you just kind of felt a little interested. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, at what point, I mean, when you were growing up, did you did you travel a lot? Nope. Okay. Is that something that you always kind of wanted to do? Do you always felt like maybe you were trapped and like you needed to travel when you, you know, when you grew up or? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. As I grew up, I was like, you know, I'm always in Florida. Right. And like, I would like travel within Florida, like Orlando or Jacksonville, but not out of Florida. So I was like, you know what? Let's give everybody a little bit of a context because- you know, most of the listeners are here in California. Yeah, um, true. You are from Florida. Give us a kind of a, give us kind of a, a, a landscape of what Florida is like for the average person. What city are you from? Okay, well, I grew up in Miami for like eighteen years, and Miami is, well, when I grew up, Miami wasn't what it was, what it is now. 
I, when I tell somebody I grew up in Miami, they're like, oh, nice. And I'm like, it's not what do you think it was back right. then. Right, know, right. The partying and stuff and not all the nice cars. Um, but now I live in Fort Lauderdale, which is like 30 minutes away from Miami. And it's, you know, when you, when you think Florida, it's, it's what you think it is. Like nice beaches. Um, the road, the roads are all right. Um, landscape is pretty nice. Palm trees and whatnot. Crazy drivers, of course. When we were in Miami in, in February, man, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, we were sitting at a red light, and almost every red light is the same way. As the light is turning green, in that instant, people are already honking at you. Yep. It's like, dude, are you are you fucking serious? Like, it just turned green. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time. But in Miami, it's it's like that. It's like I've never been anywhere else in the world where it's like instantly like they're honking at you. They're. I realize that they're impatient. That's what they are. Is that like a Florida thing or is that Miami thing? It's it's Florida, but the more south you go, the worse it gets. Got it. Like, Got it. Um, I did a lot of driving in like Boca Raton, so I would kind of see the same thing, but it's not as bad as Miami. Right. All right. So, um, okay. And so in, uh, in, Flo- in Fort Lauderdale, is that um, is there a lot of retirees over there, I'm assuming? Um, no, not too much. Okay. So yeah. all the old people just go to Orlando or something? All the old people are mostly in South Florida. They're in Boca Raton. Okay. That's where, and that's where I went to school. So I saw a lot of that and that's where I see all the nice cars and stuff too. Got it. All right. Yeah. Because, um, in, in California, when people go to Florida to retire, I'm assuming they're going to Orlando or something, but you know, I think it's mostly Boca, Boca. Or, or Miami. Okay. So, there's some in Fort Lauderdale, but. Most book is really nice compared to Fort Lauderdale. You know, question. Um, just today, I, I kind of posted this up on um on the uh, Instagram, but uh, there was photos today that uh, Miami, parts of Miami, was flooding because uh, the sea levels were rising. Yeah. Um, do you remember that happening when you lived in Miami? Not. I remember some of the hurricanes and right. like the floods, but not too much. Got it. Okay. Well. All right, so so you live in Florida, um, and at some point you actually started traveling. When was that? Um, like outside of Florida, or just yeah, traveling? just outside of Florida. Huh. I would say end of high school. I went to California, Anaheim. What year was that? That was twenty ten. Okay, so it was for like a, a conference, okay, I mean, or a competition. Um. Did I go? I also went to Kansas City. I think the year after. What was in Kansas City? Another conference. Okay, so this is all work related. School related. School related. Okay. Yeah. So high school, I traveled twice outside of Florida for school stuff, and then in college, same thing. Like sophomore, no, yeah, junior year, went to Kansas City again for a different conference. Um. So I go somewhere else for, for the same organization. Okay. So um, so you're traveling for school, and at that point, did you feel like you were kind of, like it was something, the lifestyle was something that you were kind of drawn to? Like you felt like, yo, I like this. I like going to hotels and getting on the plane and um, checking out different cultures and different foods. Was that something that like interests you, or do you think that, that was something that you had to get used to? It was, it was a little of both. Like, since I would mostly travel with my friends for school, 
and you know get away from florida like you know, this is nice you know different weather different culture like you said different people and but it didn't really like hit me hard like i should do this more often but it's just like you know, i want i want to go here now and i want to go there and there and like that got it so um at what point did you start traveling for yourself beyond just um school i think yeah like uh i think it was this year okay oh wow really so this is the kind of like you started saying hey look i like cars there's all these car car events going on i'm gonna be there yeah okay yeah, it was this year nice nice okay um so how much did cool collective have to do with you traveling <laughs> <laughs> um a little bit okay so I mean, just in general, I mean, you're seeing just a lifestyle that's just kind of intertwined with um, with my car brand. But not only that, but um, you just like different cars. But Porsche obviously is very active uh, yeah. nationwide, and so um, uh, in in May, so you go to Luftkult, and um, besides the actual car show, did you go to any other places in California? I went to In and Out. Okay, <laughs> nice. All right, well, let's talk about that a little bit because obviously, you know, us in California, you know, that's kind of a normal thing for us. But um, was that the first time you had in and out Yeah. Okay, so what was that experience like? So me and my friend were like, all right, we got to go check in and out So we drive there. Um, it's packed. And then because, you know, everybody talks about in and out on, on this coast. So saw the prices. First thing we were like, was like, that's not bad. Right. That's good price, you know, decent. And then we got it and we ate it. We was like, wait, why are people saying in and out is overrated? You know, this is, you know, this actually tastes good and for a decent price. I don't mind coming here like more often if I lived over here. Right, right. So that was that was good. Yeah, I think um I think the reason why so many Californians are hardcore about in and out is that let's say there's a new player in the game. Like for example, um in New York, they brought over um what's that burger joint that um is really big over there in New York. Um, it'll come to me in just a second, but like th- when they came over here, there was like this big, like, Oh, who's better, you know, in and out or whoever the case is. It could be any, um, Shake Shack, Shake Shack. That's right. Um, but the problem is, is that, um, Shake Shack, their price point is much higher. Yes. So in and out, you know, obviously they just raised their price recently, but I think before it was like six forty five for a, a double, double combo, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And Shake Shack's probably nine or 10 bucks for a combo. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, Shake Shack probably uses better ingredients, but at the same time, In and Out is such a better value. And then because California's palates have already adjusted to like In and Out, I think yeah. for the most part, nobody's gonna be In and Out for the quality that you get. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, um, but I mean, just to show you how strong In and Out is, I mean, I mean, we went to one this weekend, but yeah. no matter where you go to, it's always just gonna be packed because, and they have tons of locations. That's crazy. But I think that's just how crazy the demand is, you know. Yeah, for so, sure. So you went to In and Out. Where else did you go? Uh, we went to Peterson Museum. Okay, so that's a very uh, for those that don't know what Peterson is, it's a very uh, famous Cal, uh, SoCal automotive museum, and yeah. they do all different types of exhibits. When you went, they probably already had the Hollywood, um, um, the Halo cars, the Dream cars, or was it or still Porsche effect? Now, Porsche effect was over, sadly, but yeah, the Halo car was there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all the different Hollywood uh, dream machines and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, cars from like Black Panther, the Lexus from Black Panther, and um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, which is 
one of my favorite movies. Right. So that was that was very cool seeing that. Yeah. Did you get to see any car shows um, in the in the uh, parking structure? Usually, there's something going on over there at the very top. Oh, you probably no. went on a week there or something then. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, anybody who's into car culture coming to California and going to Peterson is probably. Um, a necessity, I think, um, because you get to be, a, you know, part of that. And plus, you're kind of in the center of just, you know, just west of LA, yeah. downtown at least. And so, I think um, that's definitely a place to go. Uh, what else did you end up doing out here? Uh, went to what is it like Hollywood Lake? What our, is that? It's a it's just like the big lake, like right by the Hollywood sign. It's like a huge lake, like right by um, Hollywood Hills. Wow, I did not know that. I live here and I don't know there's a lake by Hollywood. So, uh, what's that like? Yeah, like well, because our our Airbnb was on Hollywood Hills. So one night, one day, I was bored and I just like walked up all the way to the hill and I just saw a huge lake and like pulled up my phone and it said Hollywood Lake and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Wow, I mean, are people swimming there or like fishing or what's going on with that? No, it's just uh, is it a dam? It's just for people to see. Oh wow, it's just an attraction. Oh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Oh, that's dope. So what else did you do besides that? Um, it's Peterson. We went to, uh, I went to um, Esposito and Benton. Okay. You know, for the pre-meet. Sure. So those are um, um, some other good friends of ours with Cool Collective over there. Um, but automotive stuff, more stuff. You went to go check out a lot of the more famous shops and stuff. And Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so eventually that probably... I mean, that sounds like a lot already, but in that short amount of span, did you do anything else besides that? I think there was one more thing we did, but I can't remember. So you ended up coming with a buddy that time. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I got there first. Sure. So that's when I went to like the pre-shows. Got it. And then when he came, yeah, then we just... Is your buddy a car guy? Yeah. Okay. So he came, so it was kind of a, maybe a dream thing for you guys to travel together and maybe check out car shows and stuff. And Not really. It was more like, so like when I found out about DRT, I found out about it by accident on Instagram. Sure. And then I told him about it. And he lives in Orlando, which is three hours away from me and four hours away from Miami. And he woke up late and didn't go. <laughs> so he said he might go to Liftico. I told him about that, which I think I found out from you on your, on Instagram. And I didn't have no, like, the, I didn't think about going. And then as time got closer, I was like, you know what? I want to go. And like, I told him like, yo, we should go. Yeah. Cause you know him too. Like we started, we started getting more into Porsches. So we're like, all right, let's do it. But yeah, he's kind of like my uh, travel buddy. We go to uh, um, motorsport events together too. Nice. Yeah. That is really, really cool to have that type of um, uh, friendship, I think. And um, eventually then when we get to Chicago, were you traveling with your same buddy in Chicago? Yep. And, okay. and another one. Okay. So it was three of you guys. Yeah. Nice. So that was my first time in Chicago. What about you? Second, because my okay. friend lives in Chicago. Okay, that oh, that's right. You were kind of in the South Side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was that like? Your experience in Chicago? Cold. <laughs> 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 well, that was actually pretty cool. So, I mean, the first time I only came for graduation, just see my buddy graduate from um, graduate school. So I don't really do much. I kind of went around a little bit, but second time for checked it out. That was, it was amazing, like, going to um, MP Cars. Yeah, um, Andy over there. That's awesome. Um, that was that was a great time. And then also going to, like, a, bre- a brewery 
And what do you think about the city? City itself is pretty nice. Like we're in downtown Chicago. Yeah. Um. So we just checked out more of a lot of downtown, and it's pretty nice. And then when we got to like the Fulton Market area, where we checked it out was, and like we saw like all the restaurants and stuff, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's pretty crazy how much is developing right now. Like Google came in, plopped down a massive building, and was like, "Yo, we're gonna we're here to stay." And basically, all the bu- businesses are just booming, and everyone's yeah. coming in right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uber told me like it's very popping like down there now. Yeah. Ever since Google came in, it's crazy. It's like they come in and it's just like they bring the heat with it. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, for me, Chicago was really um, interesting because um, before I came here, I had some friends that are from chicago and they were saying that it's a perfect blend between new york and um la mm-hmm. they're saying that people are not as uptight as new york people are but then they're also saying that it has new york feel but it still kind of lacks like la and so um I, t- I went with that type of mentality to you know kind of to see what chicago was like and you know and um after being there for about five days i think that's a pretty true assessment i feel like um it is um a good mixture between both um and also like chicago too because it's not overly massive like new york i was in new york in in july and i feel like um you know we went there two years ago also and i just feel like no matter how much time you spend in new york it's always doesn't ever feel like it's enough because it's just so massive yeah it's true and i feel like in chicago you can probably get to know it in a a pretty decent amount of time you know because it's it's a it's a large city but it's not just massive like new york is and so um i agree yeah but I, there's a lot of gentrification that's happening um, in the West Loop that we were staying at. Um, you can just see how much of that area is changing. I do remember talking to locals saying that that area a couple of years ago was uh, really sketch. Oh, really? Yeah, they were saying that area was not safe. And so uh, it was kind of cool to see the development that's happening there. Um, and I think there, I think that by the time we get to uh, Chicago next year, it'll be a much different experience. I think oh, it'll be yeah. way more developed. Um, especially in that area. So um, that was a couple of weeks ago. I remember you telling me you're going to go to California to go to Pecla, to Porsche Experience Center. Um, so that's a pretty close encounter between Chicago and um, California. So how did that come about? Um, if I remember correctly, I so I always wanted to go to the Experience Center, like ever since like I dug deep once i went to lift the i was like deep in the porsches so i was like i'm in i'm all in so like i saw the experience center on the website and i was like man it's a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and then i was like um and then once i got the money like i kind of got the money around the time right before i went to chicago so i was like i got the money i'm i don't really have plans at the end of september and i kind of want to hurry up and go so when i'll just go you know, end of September. And then that was the plan. And I ended up booking like my, the date, I think a week beforehand. So, and I booked my plane ticket the week of, yeah, or actually two days before. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So actually that's kind of what interested me in uh, your story because when I had talked to you about it, you're like, yo, no, I'm traveling alone and I'm going to PC and, I was like, what else are you doing? And you're like, pretty much that's it. And so I was like, yo, you got this young kid from from Florida who's interested in cars. 
Um, I just saw him in Chicago, and all of a sudden he's coming to California for an e- for a single event for himself, yep. staying by himself, rented a car by himself, just basically traveling by himself. Um, and to me, that's interesting, just because once again, um, people in the United States just don't travel much, and um, they don't travel by themselves, if you know, if ever, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Like when we went to Japan. Like Japan is such an introverted country. Like a lot of the restaurants and stuff, they all have like kind of single booths where you can just eat by yourself, where you don't have to look at anybody, talk to anybody. It's just kind of you by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, in the United States, this is such a social country. Um, you don't get to see people kind of doing that a lot by themselves. So That's very true. when you told me about that, that actually that really excited me. I think part of why you're even here in my house and. Um, you know, uh, why I invited you to the rally this weekend was, you know, for me to hear somebody young and doing that, I think that was really inspiring. So that's the reason why I kind of called you out. And um, um, and then not only that, you know, before you went, I hit up my friend, uh, Jen, who uh, manages over there yeah. and said, hey, yo, you know, look for Brandon and, um, you know, see if you can, um, you know, just help him out or even say hi. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said that uh, Jen uh, hooked you up with uh, – a demo lap over there. Yeah, demo lap in a GT3. I was. Yo, big shout out to Jen. Yep. <laughs> big appreciation for her. Yeah. So, uh, so tell us what the uh, Porsche Experience Center was like for you. Man, let me tell you. I'm late to a lot of things. Sure. But I was at the Porsche Experience Center before they opened. Okay. And like, I was just smiling when I pulled up. I didn't even have coffee that morning, and I'm a big coffee fan. I was just I was awake, and I walked in, signed in, saw all the classics, saw the motorsport cars like right next to the classics. Which, and I'm a big motorsport fan. I like love 935s, RSRs, and I'm just I was like, Yo, can I go in there? He's like, No. <laughs> he was like, I mean, it's a workshop, so you can see from the window, but you can't really go in there. I was like, That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um. Yeah, so I walked around, like, went on the balcony to see people, like, kind of drive, get it just to see what I'm going to be doing. Then I went to the simulator because I like driving sims, and I am only I only drive, like, a RSR on sim or, a, or almost any 911. So when I saw that they had their own track in the game in the set of Corsa, I was like, oh, snap. I have to test it out. Yeah. And, man, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept hitting walls and stuff and I was like man I suck <laughs> which is crazy because I've driven the, the Nürburgring like many of times and I don't even the first time I didn't do as bad yeah you know it's it's funny because I mean we're sitting right next to my son's sim right here but um, um, I think every time you get into a sim you kind of have to get you got to do a couple laps to get used to the system you know because every system is it's kind of different sensitivity you yep. know and um um, I raced, I raced there maybe a couple months ago. Um, there was a uh, Akapovic uh, event, and uh, we were racing. I think I got overall number two or number three. Oh, nice. But um, it was it did take some, you know, getting used to. But luckily, we're on Laguna Seca, which you know I know very well. I think a lot of us do. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, but just getting used to the uh, the pedal feel and the steering and all that stuff did take a little bit of time. Um, so you did that. Um, obviously that the, the Sims over there are really cool. And then yep. eventually you got to 
jumping into a real car. Yeah, it's like the guy at the, in the sim lab that gave me enough time so right when I finished, I can go straight into the car. So walked out, driver came up, Jen came up, introduced each other, and then got in the car. And All right, everybody wants to know what car did you choose? A GT3. All right. So you went, so you came here, you came to play. Uh, you signed up for a GT3, which isn't very cheap, um, but you wanted the full experience. Yeah. All right. So from what I know, um, the GT3 experience is, I believe, like an hour and a half long. Yeah. Okay. So you, basically, I'm assuming they go around and they talk about safety and, and maybe they drive a little bit and then you guys switch places or how yeah. does that work? So, yeah. So they drive. Um, so first, they, we do a little autocross section. So, you know, talk about the car and like understanding the car and feeling the car. And then um, teach launch control. That's pretty crazy. And then once they go through the, the autocross, they do one lap. Then you go on autocross. And, you, you know, get a feel. They tell you gas or brake, you know, or how much steering put to put. And, you know, learning how to hit the apexes and whatnot. And then right after, you go right into the handling circuit, which is 1.3 miles, I believe. And then they drive that one time, tell you, Look at the cones, look for the red um, triangles, you know, that means stop. This is where you hit the apexes, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. And then once they do that, then you go in and then you just don't be scared. You can't be <laughs> <Don't> nervous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've uh, I've done three uh, demo laps with the GT3 drivers over there, and it's amazing how well they know their course. Obviously, they're on the track all day, but... Uh, it's like they're working around full conversations as he's doing like, you know, 120 mile per hour, like, you know, clipping apexes and like, you know, late, like late breaking. And right. It's so crazy. And you're going through just different parts of the track and you're just like, oh yeah, man, today is so crazy. They got a lunch special here. And you're just like, whoa, dude, you just hit that apex at 130 miles yeah. per hour. And just, having a, <laughs> just having a casual conversation. Yeah. It's like, and I'm just stuck down in the, in the seat. It's so crazy because um, I, I sat with um, three drivers and all three of them um, were very consistent. And I feel like um, the training that they have there uh, must be very intense just because it's like, yo, we're not passing you guys until you guys drive just like this. Yeah, I agree. You know? So it's, uh, that was really, really cool. So, so yeah, so you do that whole experience. Um, that's something obviously you had to save up for. How did it compare i mean like did you did you feel like you got what you wanted out of it for sure definitely for sure i even thought about like if i were to go back i, w- I wouldn't even know what to do like i mean maybe a panamera a hybrid right are, I don't know, those that's are, a fast car yeah <laughs> <laughs> but other than that like i just i feel like i got it all right 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 that's awesome man so you did you know you left everything on the table yeah you, you had your fun with it did you get to eat at the at the restaurant oh yeah i did okay what'd you order, order over there um see so i wasn't going to eat there yeah but after the demo lab i had so much adrenaline pumping <laughs> in me yeah i couldn't leave i just i just couldn't leave so i was like you know let me go eat there and um i had this 917 burger yeah and that was really good and i also had for an appetizer like a watermelon like plate at a watermelon shrimp um and some greens in it it was pretty good too nice nice yeah it's uh it's it's awesome kind of to hear that i think because once again us living here in california i mean you know i've been there many many times but mm-hmm. it's cool to kind of hear from somebody who's not from here to just roll up and 
just really be excited for it. You know, it's almost like going to Disneyland, I guess, for adults. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's uh, super, super cool. So, all right. So you did all of that. Um, and then I said to yo, Brandon, you were staying at your Airbnb. I said, yo, uh, why don't you come crash on my pad? Because you should come on this rally with us. Yeah. So I, I did tell you before you came to California to get a decent car. I told you to get a cool car or something. Yeah, you and you were like, how about this Tesla? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, get something decent. <laughs> so you show up with a uh, Mazda Miata um, RZ or something? Or RF. RF, that's right. That's kind of the um, the convertible hardtop or something. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes with that. I was like, cool, man. That, you know, yeah, definitely get a car that's based on handling. So he does that. Um, comes over Friday. Uh, we wrench on my 964 and my new Ben station wagon. Oh, yeah. um, we're trying to kind of fix a little bit of both, kind of get them ready. And um, the next day, we wake up kind of early and we head down to San Juan Capistrano to meet up with the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, where you meet Jen again, uh, yeah. meet our friends Davey, Verone, um, uh, my wife, um, Alan. Yeah, and Will. Uh, Will, yeah, Erica and uh, Candice and stuff. So we had a really good group. I think there was about nine of us. Yeah. And um, it's it's um, Alan likes to keep the group small, uh, which is great because once again, when the groups are small, you get to have enough time to really kind of talk with everybody, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we had two days of really amazing driving. You know, we went from San Juan Capuchano straight through Ortega Highway to Lake Elsinore where we ate. In Temecula, we had uh, we had a breakfast burger at some barbecue joint. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We went through that. That was really cool. And then we ended up passing. We were going to, we we're supposed to go to Palm Springs, but we didn't because we were running a little late on time. Yeah. We had a drizzle basically on and off all morning long. It was pretty insane. Um, Davey in the um, 964 Speedster, he put up it. He put up his top at least probably four or five times. Yeah. That, <laughs> rain, that rain was so unpredictable. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, and so we got to the point where we ended up in Joshua Tree, I think somewhere around four o'clock, where they yeah, just so. basically just allowed us to just drive in because um, I guess it was towards the end of their shift. Um, and mind you, when you when you go through Joshua Tree, which is a massive national park, I think it's a national park. Yeah, um, so. They have speed limits posted everywhere at thirty five. Yep. Yeah, we were going a little bit past that. (laughs) Sometimes I didn't see the speed limit sign. (laughs) Um, So, you know, going through Joshua Tree and kind of, you know, having a uh, rally experience was interesting because, um, you know, we were, you know, we were flying, you know. And so um, uh, I think the next day when we came back, we saw a little bit more of the landscape. But, you know, the first day it was kind of just... You know, it was cool, man. You know, we yeah. get a bunch of car guys kind of ripping through, um, and so, um, so we ended up, um, we ended up having dinner in Pioneer Town or something. It was, yeah, um, yeah Pioneer Town. Yeah, it was just a kind of a random like cowboy western, yeah, wild, wild spot west spot or something slash hipster town. Yeah, you know, there was lots and lots of hipsters, but I realized later on it was because we're in Joshua Tree, which is like the home of all hipsters. Um, <laughs> And then we uh, stayed at our Airbnb, which was awesome. Oh, we had yeah, a lot of fun games and a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, a good time at night. Yeah, so that was day one. Um, and then day two, we woke up early. We wanted to go have some breakfast. Uh, we cut through Joshua Tree again. Yeah. And um, it's so funny because when we got in, there was like all this traffic. 
when we get in, I, I bought an annual pass. cost me 55 bucks. You must have been just in the one-time thing, right? The, yeah, I thought about the bucks. annual pass, but yeah. I was like, I just, Yeah, no. you probably won't use it again, yeah. So you go through, there was like six of us. You know, we almost spent like 300 bucks. <laughs> and um, we pull over for bathroom breaks and stuff in the beginning. And then I think three minutes, three or four minutes after we got in, the, the person at the gate basically... Uh, went on lunch break or a bathroom break. Yep. And I think 20 or 30 cars just rolled right in because they don't have any gates or whatever. So it was just like, oh, yeah, you guys just get in for free. Right, just their luck. <laughs> I was like, just their luck. Oh, man. that that So if you go to Joshua Tree, you know, time it. I think you get lucky. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we do that. And then we go through Joshua Tree. This time we spent a little bit more time checking out parts of Joshua Tree. We even yeah. do a little bit of rock climbing. We saw... Um, Skull, Rock. Skull Rock, which Jen hated. Every, <laughs> everybody loved it except for Jen. Jen was really pissed off about it. Bad marketing <laughs> is what she said. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I, I kind of like the uh, abstract um, Skull yeah, look. But, uh, definitely cool. Yeah, I, I want to definitely go back. I want to go camp there. I want to um, climb the larger rocks. I did see a lot of people climbing the law, like really tall rocks. Yeah, you know, was, they had ropes and everything, so they were kind of hardcore. Definitely. I was, my anxiety was up for them yeah 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 it, that was really crazy and then of course we um we jumped back in i think the coolest part for the um the entire day was when we passed through i guess mecca which is it was kind of it was it was paralleling a parallel parallel it was it was parallel to the 10 freeway oh yeah um when we drove through that really remote area where nobody was it was beautiful the rocks and stuff was just gorgeous and i mean the roads were like new and we were just we were hauling ass yeah (laughs) it was almost to the point where like you know my wife was yelling at me a lot (laughs) because she was just like stop driving so fast and i'm like but it's a rally (laughs) But when that point, I think when the roads were open, because Alan, when he was leading in charge, you know, that boy is just. Oh, yeah, he takes off. Yeah, he'll take off. And so, you know, I think I saw it was Alan, then Will, and then um, Jen. I mean, they were gone, and I was trying to keep up with them, but my wife was just not really happy about that. So I was like, all right, I'll cruise. So I was between you, and then you and Verone were kind of in the backpack. Um, You were just, you you don't want to leave Verone probably. You know, you're being really sweet. And, yeah, uh, I, I thought about it, and then I was like, "I'll stay back here," because you know, like you said, like the landscape was beautiful. So I was like, "You know, I'm cruising, yeah, take some pictures." And I gotta say that I mean, how'd you like that Miata? Because it seemed like it was doing pretty well. I mean, you were keeping up with a lot of us, um, you know, in different sections of the park. It, it did, it did pretty good. I was honestly, I wasn't like surprised, surprised, but I was like, did better than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like I wouldn't say I was keeping up with Adam, but I was real close and, sure. you know, it was taking turns at like 60, 70. I'm just like, wow, Mazda, good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think that's where that car really shines, you know, in a straight line. It'll probably, you know, uh, recede a bit, but oh, yeah. in the corners, yeah. Um, yeah, so when we got to Mecca, it was it was really gorgeous. This area is kind of just really uh, um, just, you know, it's just kind of off off the grid a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, there was some cars passing by like once every like five minutes, yeah, not that but much. for the most part, man, it was just, it was just grand, you know? And of course we had a little bit of fun off to the side of the road. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we had, uh, we had a little bit of fun, you know, yeah. and then, uh, as a group and we did some other things and came back and, um, and overall it was, it was a great trip. It was a great rally. You know, it was, it was two 
those two full days coming back was pretty brutal and there was lots and lots of traffic yeah we took multiple uh, detours because there were so many accidents and then there was accidents that were popping up when we had to jump off the freeway oh, yeah, in redlands that. yeah that was pretty bad so um i think if we got stuck behind there it would have been a good 20 minutes or something because the road wasn't moving after we when we got off but uh Overall, so have you been on a, a rally like that before in the past? No, I've never, no, I've never been in a rally. Got it. What'd you think of it? It was, it was a blast. It was very awesome. It's, it's funny because um, uh, Darren checked it out. Uh, Chris, you know Chris Cool, he asked me if I was going to his rally, and I was like, um, I was like, no, I don't really have a car to take now. Um, and then. Then like you invite me to yours, and I was like, "Wow, this is fun. This is this is what a rally feels like." I was like, "I, I should I should do more of these, you know. I should like get my car running, like you know, and like do more rallies or or do some of my friends in Florida." But I mean, we don't really have the roads. Yeah, so I I hear that a lot. Every time um I'm in Florida, it seems like everybody always talks about how Florida's roads are a little straight and maybe a little bit not as curvaceous. Yeah, but not at all. I think. I think more interesting than driving on interesting roads is to get people who are kind of on the same mindset that just are passionate, love cars, love trying new things, new foods, and just go places together. You know what I'm saying? Like go to, I'm sure there's tons of places in Florida you guys haven't been, you know, just yeah, saying, hey, sure. look, let's go and check out X and Y city, you know, yeah. let's just go up there and, and just kind of cruise and, and, and see what they're about. And I think that's what the rally is about more than anything. You know, we're we're fortunate that we had good roads, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, if you think about what really made it great was that we had a great group of people that um, that just made the uh, experience that much more elevated. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's nice to have cars. I think at the end of the day, just you know. Uh, without the cars, we all vibe well. I mean, we're all very close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, friendships like that develop over time. You know what I'm saying? You kind of got like a cliff note of that type of friendship, you know? And yeah. those type of friendships can, you know, you can you can curate that, you know, wherever you're from. You know, you just got to find the right people who are just kind of down for it. Um, eventually, if you put it out there, people will kind of gravitate. You know, they're like, yo, I like what this guy's about, you know, get along, you know, why not? And um, you're just kind of feeding that culture. And yeah. so um, if you like it, you should be a part of them more often, but you can also put on your thing too because you might find out, um, you know, some rallies are commercialized, right? Some yeah. some are not commercialized. So you're going to have to find stuff that, that works for you. And um, um, eventually if, if, if none of them work for you, you might just have to put on your own and say, hey, look, this is for, it's not car specific. If you just like to drive, then join us. Yeah. Or you might say, hey, look, this is for um, Nissans or Porsches or whatever the case is. But, you know, whatever it is, the biggest thing is just to have people who just have the same type of mindset. Because otherwise, you might have to deal with people who have just, you know, different agendas, right? And yeah. um, and so those are the things that might ruin a trip like that. Yeah, that so, can be fun. Yeah, and so, but um, it takes time to develop. You know, you might just do road trips by yourself. Uh, maybe put a video up, or maybe a friend goes with you, and you guys can share that experience. And another person, you know, might jump on. And so, that's true. Uh, but I think um, 
um, within the scope of driving, I think we're lucky because there is a lot of drive culture through Europe. You know, um, I'm not sure how much there is in, in Asia. I'm sure there is. Um, but from what I know, even in South America, like I think when I started falling in love with Porsches back in the day, you know, once I started the brand, I realized that because 911s were such a global product yeah. that um, you you can almost go anywhere in any country and people are going to adore that car. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're going to find people who understand why it's special and the type of people who gather around it. And so I think for, for I always tell people, like a lot of the, the kids at my shop and stuff, I say, hey, look, even if um, you don't own a Porsche, it's good to speak Porsche language. Yeah. Because definitely. you can, it will never, you know, you will never go wrong when you know how to speak to another Porsche owner um, and the type of camaraderie that you can have from that type of language. You That's know what true. I'm saying? And so uh, my wife, who is not a car person, just through the years, through like basically osmosis, has basically been able to uh, kind of speak the language. You know, she knows she likes G-bodies. You know, she loves the accordion bumpers. You know, <laughs> yeah. for me, I'm like, whatever, you know, but that's what she likes. And I love the fact that she can specifically say that's what I like or she can say that's a 964, that's a 993, yeah. you know. And so, um, and she's learning every day, you know. She's like, she, she'll get curious and she's like, I like whale tails with G-bodies, you know. And so I'm like, dope. You know, my wife speaks a, a, a certain level of it, you know. Yeah. So, um, but of course, with anything else, like any language you speak, you know, it's going to take a lot of practice and a lot of studying. That's true. But, Definitely. Especially with Porsches. Yeah. I mean, because the history is like ridiculous, you know. And, you know, I've been in Porsches since the summer of 2015. So that's almost four and a half years. Yeah. And I still know just, I probably know like 3% of what's out there you know it's just so much. it's insane it's it's so much information so um but the great thing is <coughs> excuse me but the great thing is um the community is, is very active um and i've you know i've been to florida and people in florida are just as hardcore as they are here in california yeah. uh, from what i've seen uh, i think california just kind of does it on a larger scale you know, just bigger than anybody else, it seems. Yeah, it does. But for the most part, from what I've seen, when when you go around, uh, at least the U.S., it seems like the passion is still the same, no matter where you're at. You know, when I was in New York, you know, they're very passionate over there. You know, Dave at Bootsy Gear um, and Alex and um, a lot of the, the guys over there, uh, Roscoe, a lot of the guys out there who love cars are just fanatics. And so... To me, like no matter where you go, it's great to see that even in Chicago, um, like you know Andy, you know he's got his uh, G body. Yeah. Um, I mean, he loves that Reason. thing. He took me around and it sounds mean, and you know he's got a great history with the car and shop. And so, um, for me, more than anything, you know, it's just important to just get into it. You know, just like you did with this trip to save up to come here. Um, I always tell people, um, you know, people are like, "Oh, air cooled cars are so expensive." I mean, they are expensive, but it's not unobtainable. You know, yeah, you can get know. one between 30 and maybe 50 grand on average. Yep. And yeah, I mean, it's going to take some, you know, saving, you know, especially if you're young, you don't have that type of disposable income, but it's not an unobtainable goal. You know what I'm saying? Like if you work hard, you save, 
Um, you save for a few years. You could maybe, you know, save half of that, maybe uh, finance arrest or whatever the case is. I mean, but for the most part, you know, if you want something, like you can get it. Yeah, you know, and so um, my thing is, um, as you continue to uh, get older and stuff, and um, you know, make sure you you know not only just travel in the U.S. but you know travel outside the U.S. Um, obviously, there's tons of people uh, within the community of Porsche, but in Europe, there's tons of people. Obviously, Rob, we just saw Rob oh, yeah, um, over there. You know, Rob's over there in the U.K. and um, you know, Rob's doing all sorts of stuff all the time, and uh, he's such a great host. And um, and it's just one of those things that um, as you get more and more immersed into it, even though you don't have one yet, um, you know, it's like you already know who's going to become the next future owner just because, you know, it's like this is where you start. You're getting kind of a head start into it because when I got into them in 2015, um, I only got into them because um, I started to kind of have a fascination with them. And um, because of that, I ended up buying one within the span of maybe two or three months. Um, but it wasn't until I, I test drove the very first car that I bought that was shipped here from North Carolina. Um, after that first test drive, for me, it was like, that was my first European car, my first Porsche, my first 911. Um, but as soon as I test drove it, that's when I knew like, yo, we have, we have liftoff. We have something <laughs> in common here. Um, and so... Um, you might not know. Like, luckily for me, the very first car I bought, the 964, luckily that car, I think, connected with me right off the bat. I think if I bought any, like, if I randomly bought a G-Body for whatever reason with a 915 in it, maybe I might not have connected with that right away. Yeah. And I would have been like, you know what? This car kind of feels a little older for me, and it's not really for me, and I would have moved on, you know? And um, and so things kind of happen for a reason, and I feel like I landed in, in, in that space, the 964, for a certain reason. And so that's just become my favorite platform, not because I was influenced, but for some reason it was I was drawn to it. And when I drove it, it really connected with me. So um, I think in the scope of um, your experience in the future coming up, you've already speak the language. You're starting to probably feel like you kind of know where you want to go. Yeah. And at, after a certain point, like you'll just start driving towards that more and more, you know. Yeah. And so, um, That's the plan. Uh, yeah, um, I guess, um, you know, coming to the end of this podcast, I guess, how would you, how would you speak to other people, let's say, uh, 18 year olds, um, that are coming out of high school? Like, how would you, how would you advise them to kind of live their life? And how would you advise them? Um, on the stuff that you've learned, especially on traveling, like how would you advise them about um, doing stuff like that? Do you advise them that, do, would you encourage them to do that? Or do you feel like, you know, that you wouldn't or? Well, for for traveling, it's like you said, like a lot of people don't travel alone. And like, I think it's either because they're scared or, you know, or maybe just they'd rather just have people with them. I'll just, you know, advise them straight up. There's nothing wrong with traveling alone. You know, it doesn't matter if, you know, you don't have someone to share the experience with, but at least you're you know, doing the experience, you know. I mean, sometimes, depending on where you go, you know, it's nice to share the experience, but most of the time, if you travel alone, you're still having fun, you know. You're still living your life, and I would say just, just do it. Don't be afraid. You know, take that leap, because I think there's just a stigma where 
or people like if you travel alone and you're lonely or something like that. Right. Because I even one of my friends, she, she she said like on Twitter, like I'm scared to travel alone. I was like, why? Like there's nothing to be scared of. Sure. Yeah, maybe you should have her listen to this podcast so she yeah. realizes how much fun you had, right? Yeah. I mean, and funny enough, like um, um, in your circumstance, for whatever reason, like you kind of came into my path a little bit and I kind of, kind of brought you in tune with everything, right? Yeah. And, you know, granted, if you were traveling with somebody, I don't think I might have reached out my hand as much. I'm like, oh, you know, he's got a buddy. You know, they're kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, I think the, so too. You know, the fact that you said... When you said you were traveling by yourself, I was like, yo, whoa, that's crazy. That's that's dope, man. That's dope. This guy's out there by himself. So, you know, for me, it's like if I can reach out and, and, and be a part of that process and maybe have it help you get a better experience, my thing is like, yo, why not? You know, I like this kid. He seems like he's a good kid, seems humble, um, he's not very braggy, um, he's out here just kind of experiencing, you know. And so I'm always about that. You know, I'm very kind of in tune with energies and stuff and I just feel like, you know, I've always kind of liked the way you kind of carried yourself and you're respectful and um, kind of calm energy. Um, but when you saw, when, when you were doing that, you know, and you're just kind of sharing that with me, you're like, you know, and I'm just here by myself. And it's like, yo, you know, that's crazy, man. You know, yeah. we got we to gotta heighten uh, your experience. And so, um, but like I said, it's, um, you know, for those that are listening right now, you know, in, in those circumstances, like I said, um, if he was with a buddy, you know, I, 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 it wouldn't have been the same. You know, and the fact that you were out here by yourself to me said, yo, there's something to account for that. And because of that, that's why I reached out. So um, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad that everything turned out well. You know, we all got back home safe and, um, um, you know, we have kind of memories for a lifetime. Right. It's oh, just yeah, one sure. of those things that. Um, uh, at some point, I'll finish the vlog and, and get it up. But, um, you know, it's just to kind of encapsulate all of that and, and uh, share that memory. Um, it's kind of the greatest joy for me, I think, more and more as I realized what I like about cars and car culture. I realized that where my heart really f- is happy is when you're around good people that like to drive yeah, and like to build, um, like to wrench. Like when you came here and I saw that you're able to do that. Like to me, that's what I'm really about. Like I want somebody to go. Something's not right with that. Let me grab some wrenches. Let me take that off and see how we can diagnose this. Yeah. And you saw when we were here, we we're taking apart the Mercedes. My neighbors came across, and they're like, "Yo, what's going on?" You yeah. know, like they wanted help. You know, they're like, "Oh man, it sounds like timing's off, this and that." And so it's like cars bring people together, yeah. right? But ultimately, it's up to the people to find comfort and uh, enjoyment from each other, you know? And yeah. so, um, but I always say that um, cars do bring people together, but it doesn't make them stick together. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to find that glue um, and, and you got to, you got to connect people um, on, on, on a level that allows you to do that. You know, yeah. cars, cars won't do that. Cars will just bring you together. So, That's true. Yeah. Um, but um is there anything else that you want to say? Maybe at, at the end of this, how can people find you on Instagram? Uh, well, my name is Brandon underscore enthusiast. Drew thinks it's a little long, but <laughs> it was longer before. Yeah, it was longer before, but I think now it's perfect. I'm not going to change it anymore. Um, yeah, mostly on Instagram, I'm just posting stuff I do or cars I'm working on. Sure. Okay. And so, um, um, if there's nothing else, we'll leave it here. Um, yeah. You good? Uh, so, a- yeah. So, um, um, 
I think just kind of going back the whole thing, I just wanted to really um, reach out to you guys and uh, especially the young ones out there, but not just young ones, man, even the old ones, because there's people my age that really don't travel much. Uh, um, for me, I'm not, I'm not like my wife loves to travel. That's the reason why I travel. Um, for me, the reason why traveling, like traveling for me is a job. It's like, it's work. You got to plan. You got to get on a plane, which takes a toll on your body. Yeah. You got to deal with time changes. You got to sleep in a weird bed, you know, on an air mattress. Um, then you got to figure out how you're going to get around. And so for me, I travel because my wife likes to. Um, I wouldn't say I enjoy traveling. If I'm being frank, um, I do. And, and I don't um, I don't mind it. But um, for me, more than anything, um, it's something that I have to kind of learn how to do and how to like it. Like, but when I'm in a new city, I enjoy those new things. But for me, um, you know, I don't even need to act like, you know, I'm a big travel guy because once again, uh, I will travel. I'm a big foodie. People like that know me know that I love to eat. I love to eat all different types of food. And so I like to travel to new lands. I just don't like being a part of the travel process because it's brutal <laughs> yeah i feel that like i was thinking about that earlier today um i was like wow like i think i'm done traveling for like probably the rest of the year because right. i was like you know i traveled twice this month and i'm just like you know what i, I need to take a break because my body like i mean it's been five days in california and my body clock is still in florida like i'm i'm tired at nine o'clock right right exactly i mean you're talking about a three hour um difference and that's a that's pretty major yeah yeah even when we're in Chicago with two hours, it was a big difference for, for me. Um, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me. So, um, but to, even though I'm not a big travel guy, you know, I do it and I still get all the benefits of, um, of doing that because, um, um, you know, all the great things that come with traveling. And so yeah, sure. if you guys are out there, if you guys are scared, if you guys are scared to get on a plane, um, <clears throat> I think, I think uh, statistics says that, um, you know, there is a higher probability that you would die in a car accident versus a plane. Yeah. So, sure. um, and I know people who just um, are afraid to get on planes and you know what? I, I don't like it. I don't like the compression your body takes and you know, you can't sleep well and you can't really do anything, but it's definitely worth the effort. And once you get to um, where you're going, I think um, all of those things will subside. So, um, agreed. Yeah. Other than that, I'm just, I'm just going to leave it here. I really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, I really wish I had a format uh, and a form for you guys to really communicate um, with um, with these podcasts and these specific episodes. But because I don't, I appreciate you guys listening in. Send me a DM. Let me know how you guys liked it. Right, check you guys on the next one. Take care.